Hello, welcome to episode one of the AHM podcast. My name is Sterling. I am one of the co-directors of marketing in AHM, and I'll be the host of this little new mini-series that we're doing. So we're doing these podcasts because we can't celebrate traditionally on campus, obviously, with everything going on, but we wanted to continue the conversation, and we wanted to provide an outlet for people and other clubs to share some ideas during this month to, to celebrate. So this will just be a short series with a few episodes where we have some clubs lined up and some guests to just speak a little bit about their experience, um, some various topics that they wanted to bring up. Today for episode one, we have Quan from the Vietnamese Student Association. So thank you so much for being here and joining us. Uh, Quan, if you would like to introduce yourself and just talk a little bit about the club. All right. Hi, I'm Quan Lee. I'm a freshman for uh, this year, class of 23, in the LS program. I want to transfer into Gallatin, hopefully, and build a concentration around consciousness, self-identity, and like what it means to be like an individual. I am part of VSA as a member of the public relations team, and I will be head of that team next year. So what I do in our organization is basically just share information about our event, um, make people feel at home like during the event, and just, I guess, relate to the public. As, like the name implies, just deal with like public matters. Um, VSA is the student, um, Vietnamese Student Association. And what we do is just, it's we um, promote Vietnamese heritage and culture. And it's just like a nice little community where people who identify as Vietnamese can come together and just like meet new people and have a good time. Tell us a little bit about just some events that you guys put on. Um, so in the spring semester, we had a game night, which is basically like we had food and people would come in. There were like different tables and stations where we could play like Vietnamese. There were some Vietnamese games such as like Vietnamese trivia. There were like traditional Vietnamese games such as um, I can't remember the name right now, but there were some traditional Vietnamese games and there were there was like a dance dance station and there were like tables and just like it was a nice event to um, de-stress like right like right when those semesters started, but like not like t- too early, I don't think. Um, we had a that event that is like the Minimese Lunar New Year's, where there were different stations set up too, where people can get food, um, participate in like games, and just like mingle with each other. How long have you been part of VSA? Um, I started in VSA like right when like they announced that they were like recruiting new members which is like i think early september i applied and i got in and i've been with them since so i'm wondering like what you guys are doing or any plans you guys have during this quarantine process since all the clubs have had to abandon ship and figure something new out we kind of just like what MAA, I think. Like in the group chat, we're still pretty active. We like still talk to each other in the group chat and stuff, but like to the public, um, we're not really doing any new events because it's really hard to like be with other people during the quarantine. Um, our president is leaving next year. So we're, um, we're going to have a new president and I'm excited to see like all the new plans that they will come up with next year. I think we're just planning for the future for now. The topic that you put down that you wanted to talk about today was... Um... Asian American identity and uh, challenging the the stereotypes presented by media and society, which obviously 
in this time period in the last few months have gone rampant. Yeah. So um, there's like, if you're on Instagram at all and you follow like any Asian people, you'll see like countless stories of like victims of like hate crimes. And I think it's just awful because like before, but it's like, it's awful because like Asian Americans or just like Americans in general are being targeted by like people who are like ignorant and we specifically are being um, targeted because of like the virus originating in China and there's like huge conspiracy theories about like this and that and that just like brings hatred into like communities and there has been so many physical assaults not even in America but like around the world too against Asian people and I think this is really sad but like and it's like really sad too because like before the virus like I believe like it, like Asian Americans in media were becoming really popular like um Simon Liu just got like casted as like a Marvel hero which is like unheard of in the west like there weren't any like Asian like Asian like superheroes like in the media most like Asian roles are played by protagonist I mean not the protagonist like antagonist like either we were the like goofy sidekick who didn't really do much to help like the main protagonist or like the villain that the heroes were fighting like in Fast and Furious we were like the sidekick and like the actually like most action like genres in Fast and Furious like we were always either a sidekick and the villain like that the main hero would fight against in like most um teenage like dramas or like just like high school things too um we were like like not like the outcast, but like just the comic relief character. And I think that brings a very negative stereotype as how our society views Asians in general. And because of that, individuals kind of internalize this image of themselves, which then limits their possibilities on what they can become in the future. Absolutely. And well, what, what do you think about the situation before all of this? Because it was improving, but obviously it was not perfect I think things were looking up but there were still a lot of things that could be improved I know like the whole um eastern beauty standards such as like eastern Asian people from like China Japan like Korea they were starting to like make waves in the west because of k-pop in particular which is like a very good thing it promotes a different type of masculinity um traditionally in the west there's been a lot of discrimination against Asians like against our like in, in males because we weren't quote-unquote masculine enough when um, k-pop first became popular the media was like saying this and that about k-pop saying that like why are they wearing makeup and why are they like so like pretty and like small and all that like are just slander against like what like the pinnacle of masculinity is even though like even western hollywood celebrities they all use makeup but no one really talks about that and i think there's heavy media bias against Asian Americans, like against Asians in general because of that. But saying so, like, there still can be a lot done because even those, like, everything has, like, biases, even um, Eastern beat standards, they're very heavily biased uh, towards people, like, against people with, like, darker complexions and other, like, Asians, but, like, some, like, I, like, even if, like, Asians are getting, like, positive, like, reinforcement from K-pop, there's also some side effects, like negative side effects, such as like people who don't really fit the Eastern like K-pop beauty standard, like people of darker complexions or people like with like 
just like southern asians and generally we don't really have like the same like face shape or like just like the structure so like we're still like viewed like not in the same light which like internalizes a lot of like self-hatred as well for sure so i think there can be a lot of like representation that still needs to be done in the future in media and entertainment absolutely and i i don't know how you feel about this but i definitely think that with the popularization of k-pop there's now like a big fetishization of that specific kind of asian male right you go on k-pop i mean not k-pop you go on twitter you go on um tiktok you'll definitely see it a lot of my female friends are also guilty of it too and yeah it's definitely like a fetishization which like fetishization in itself is just unhealthy because you view the person as just like their asian is like it's just a superficial way of being attracted to someone just based on like something they can't control like you don't really see like you don't really choose to be asian you're just born with it and because of that like people will overlook other qualities that you yourself work on and they will just overlook that and they would just like you or fetishize you because you're born a certain race which i think is very unhealthy and like destructive towards like a person's self-growth and like how they mature into like like how they like grow their own identity but it does like it has done some good in the like in like viewing like having like letting agents be seen as attractive however because i know like before k-pop hit asians were like mostly seen as like unattractive except for in like niche areas such as like california and new york but like in most of america like Asians would always rank the lowest on like dating apps. K-pop really changed that, um, like really shifted that perspective, but too much of a thing can also be like bad. So there's like moderation in that. Yeah, I think it's, we're still in a phase where it's new and, um, you know, things hopefully start normalizing themselves. So yeah. right now we're trying to just in the phase where it's like really in your face and yeah. people are still adapting to this. Um, so you, well, you mentioned specifically Asian American identity. Um, so are you, were you born here? Um, so I've always struggled with my own identity. I uh-huh. was born in Vietnam. I lived in Vietnam until I was two years old, and I moved to America. Mm-hmm. In America, I lived in um, Houston for a couple of years, and I moved to Chicago. Then I moved to New York State, Buffalo, New York, near Niagara Falls. Oh wow. Okay. Of nine then I moved back to Vietnam for like middle school that came back to America for high school so like I you would say that like like I really it's I find it very hard to like fit myself into any one identity which is why I struggle a lot with like my own Asian like Asian and American identity right but I like right now like being in like VSA and just like talking more and like interacting with like people from both like the west and the east and all that really like helps me synthesize both into like my own thing and help me own up to like I am who I am and I don't have to like fit into any label so I mean if you're comfortable talking about it um like what were some of those challenges growing up well like in America like Asians are like stereotyped as like oh like smart like quiet nerdy and all that and like I like kind of fit into like all those stereotypes not because like I'm Asian but like I genuinely like am an introverted like I prefer like smaller gatherings um I used to like I love reading and all that Mm -hmm. and because of it just like kind of like puts me into like this hole or like this identity 
where society puts a label on you and you kind of fit into that mold that society puts but doing so like it like helps me cultivate like my asian like american heritage helps me like cultivate like uh, like I prioritizing like academics prioritizing like family and all that which is like very good stuff it also like puts the limit um on other stuff too like because when i was growing up there weren't any asian americans in like media there weren't any like i wasn't exposed to any asian americans in like humanities and philosophy and in, like in literature and like other fields other than like academic stem or medicine i never really like saw myself as anything else like other than like to be successful you have to be like the stereotypical doctor lawyer engineer and that just breeds a lot of like like resentment like within like the like to yourself and like to other people too because you kind of pigeonhole yourself into one idea of yourself without exploring different avenues and i think asian americans and like specifically are like there's a lot of, like they fall victim to that because like most of like a lot of people coming into college don't know what to do and because they see oh i'm asian blah 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 i'm gonna be like a doctor engineer or whatever and they end up hating it i know a lot of people who like joined like who entered college as pre-med just end up dropping out of the first semester because they just hated that like lifestyle and they hated that like that way of thinking i know a lot of people who are like more creative and after like they drop like a stem way of thinking or like a stem lifestyle and they towards like a humanities or like art and all that they're a lot happier and a lot more confident of who they become and what they're doing than they were before well, how did that contrast to your experience when you were in Vietnam, where over there, I assume you're viewed more as an American? Well, in Vietnam, uh, I was like viewed as a foreigner. But like the thing is, in Vietnam, it's a very homogenized society. So like not every like people understood that like not everyone has to be a doctor or engineer. There are Vietnamese people in Vietnamese like media. There were Vietnamese people who are playwrights. There were Vietnamese people who like held government positions, well, they have to, like there has to be, there's Vietnamese people who work in entertainment, like over there because society is so homogenized, you weren't defined on your race or your ethnic ethnicity. You like, I'm not saying it's easier to like pursue what you want to do in Vietnam because that's not true at all. Um, I'm just saying society doesn't put a label on you like because of your race. Mm-hmm. What, how, what was your experience like then? Because you said you were viewed as the foreigner. Um, when I came back to Vietnam, my Vietnamese was very, very limited. So I didn't really like speak to many people. Like I was like still like, I was like naturally introverted. And I sometimes wonder if that's like why I became even more introverted like after middle school. Mm-hmm. But because like the foreigner, like people, like I was a middle schooler. So I don't really know what my parents expected me to do. Like, I didn't really know what, like, people thought I was going to do, but I was just, like, I don't, I don't know. I think, like, in middle school, we don't really know what we want to do. We're just trying to have fun, I guess, or just disobey your parents. Talk to me a little bit about what the difference was like socially between the U.S. and Vietnam. Socially, um, I think my lack of Vietnamese didn't, like, like, put me in, like, a limited friend group where, like, I could only communicate to, like, like, people with more westernized like um exposure like people who could afford to like watch western media and in a way it put me in a higher socioeconomical class like interacting with people from like higher socioeconomical class in vietnam there's like english 
tutoring places like after school and like programs like that and that's where I made most of my friends just because I could communicate with them and I didn't really like, get to like interact with like people of like a lower social like economic or people who weren't as fortunate as me to like receive that kind of education I'm not entirely sure how to segue this but I'm, I'm curious what you think about the model minority myth well, I think like model minority like like everything else in life like there's the good sides and bad sides like I I'm like very happy like thinking about like I'm very happy like my family comes from like an academic family because so like it opens a lot of opportunities for me growing up and developing into the person I am right now a person who's like curious about like the, how life works and like how like science like I am a huge nerd and I was ashamed of that like growing up because apparently it was a bad thing to do but now like I'm more confident in who I am my own identity I can like show ex- like show and express as much interest I can to like specific subject without like anyone judging me or like not caring about their judgment and I think like the model minority like, the keep your head down work hard thing it's very like it's stoic like in the way of stoicism and in the west there's like a rising trend of stoicism like all the popular self-help books are like just work hard and like eventually it will come so i think that approach is like helpful in some situations but um like harmful in other ways like for example like lately like the whole covid19 situation how asians are being victimized again like and having like hate crimes committed against like andrew yang he like said something very controversial he released like, I don't know if you've seen it, but like, he released a statement saying that we have to prove our Americanness. Yeah, to... I wanted to bring that up next, actually. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I do not agree with that because I don't think that, like, there is, like, there is an American culture, but, like, our culture, our Asian American heritage is part of that American culture. We're not, like, it's not, like, two different things. Amer- like, Asian Americans, people who immigrated to America from Asia also helped build this country up. Like, the railroads and, like, way before, like, like way before like this century, like there were so many immigrants from like China and Japan. Right. America was just a forming like country. And by proving our Americanness to other people, I think that's just another way of like how Asian, like why we're getting victimized because Asian, Amer- like or, like the Eastern culture, we're not taught to like defend ourselves. We are just saying like, it will like stoicism, like, oh, like don't do harm to other people. Just like sit quietly and let that happen to you. Like, sometimes it worked, but other times you have to stand up for yourself, you know? Like, I'm not saying, like, physically, but you also have to, like, voice your own opinions and be assertive with some things. And I think that's, like, why the trait that, like, Asian Americans lack the most. Because if um, the whole Harvard lawsuit, like, the whole admission scandal, if you read the files, like, a lot of Asian Americans, when people were evaluating their like files everyone's saying they're not assertive enough they're too asian they're like this just seems like another like everyone seems the same they just have perfect stats but they don't there's no person like their quote-unquote reason why for rejections they don't have any personality or they weren't assertive enough they weren't individual enough in a way and i think yeah that is a problem and i think that like it's a systemic problem but also something that we as individuals can like deal with too Right. Then, yeah, that's true. I, I think Asians in particular have always been um, not necessarily told, I have actively told to like not speak up or anything, but I think it's yeah. just kind of ingrained in the culture where you, yeah. you know, you respect 
the way yeah the authority you expect you respect elders um and, and people who just well there is like a certain like beauty in that there is like wisdom in that as there's wisdom in everything but like i said it doesn't like there's that's like how what you have to figure out for yourself like in which situations do you apply that wisdom and i think right now we need to apply less of that and be more assertive and be more proud of who we are as asian americans or as people in this country and part of the asian i mean part of the american culture and just like in addition to i don't think we should just do this for our own race but like i can admit like as like like i think the asian community in itself it's like very like secluded Mm -hmm. and i think we should be like as a whole should be more open to other races too because like i know like a lot of older generation of asians are very racist and i think we should acknowledge those racisms racisms and bigotry and ignorance in our own communities as well as address them in society as a whole you know i know my family like the older generation in my family there have been a lot of hateful and like like ignorant comments and like statements about other minorities right which I have tried to correct and I am still actively trying to correct and like show them like it's not that way or it's that's not the right thing to do. And I think by being just inclusive to everyone, like standing up for other people's rights, we can assure that our rights are being stand up for too and our identity is being protected as well as other people. I don't think it's just an Asian versus everyone else thing. I think it's a joint effort of all the races just standing up for each other. Right. How do you then how do you feel about like moving forward? Um, in terms of the Asian American community, like, do you think that these antiquated beliefs will like die off as you know, I, or I, it's as passive as that? I think, like, like I understand why like Asian Americans like we, we've always been considered the model minority, and because of that, like some people want to preserve our status. That like, as long as it doesn't affect me, I'm fine. Sure, that's like a good way of thinking for yourself, right. but it harms other people. And I think now that we are realizing that, like, once the hatred comes back to us, and now we just that we can prevent this kind of hatred by standing out against other minority, like, for other minority groups and help them in their battles. So, like, that hatred doesn't affect anyone else. In the end, we're all human beings. There is no such thing as race. If you think about it from a scientific standpoint, race is, like, a social construct meant to oppress minorities or, like, people who are not in power. And by, as a whole, Asian like Americans should be more active in fighting against racism across the entire board, not just for their own race, but for everyone else. If like people in your community, I know like Asian, like there's a lot of like TikToks and like a lot of people like joking about how like people like of Asian, like Asian Americans would sometimes say the N word and like sometimes use racial slurs. And I think that's a hundred percent not fine. I think that's repulsive. And I think we should fix that behavior in our community first. Yeah, I totally agree. And the main issue I have with believing in and living by the the model minority myth is that it, it somewhat encourages a level of passiveness, especially for things that don't directly affect our community. And also, I mean, I don't want to go too far into this because it'll open a huge can of worms, but I think also Asian Americans have contributed to uh, an anti-blackness in in the u.s yes i 100 percent agree i know i know just not even like anti-blackness as like a race but just like of skin tone too oh yeah for sure and and i mean as we talked about at the beginning uh you know south asian countries are very underrepresented even within our own media well not even just america i know in the east there's like a whole like 
there's a lot of stuff happening like in the less progressive countries where like most of the people in the media are all like they all have eurocentric features they all have pale skin and like just other like white dominant features right so for time um i i think we should end it right about there i think we've covered a lot of great things uh and of course this whole topic of anti-blackness i think is a whole other discussion unto itself but is there are there you have any final thoughts that you want to share i think we should just like i said just reiterating my point about like being more inclusive to people in general not just asians but like just people you know right treat everyone as people see yourselves in other people and see their humanity not just what they look like but their humanity like see treat people as people you know that's all i can say that being said thank you so much for having me on your podcast well thank you so much for accepting the invite and being our first guest i mean gotta do what you gotta do to promote your ideas you know and what you believe in like i said be more assertive just be passive and hope that everything turns out well certainly some food for thought to leave us with Thank you again, Quan, for being on episode one of our show. And of course, thank you to everyone listening in. We hope you found this interesting in some way. Just want to make a quick disclaimer before we go, saying that all the ideas and opinions shared by me or the guest on the show do not necessarily reflect the values of AHM as a club or NYU as an institution. This is just simply an outlet for people to share uh, ideas and concepts that, that they want to talk about. And we think it's important to continue the conversation and have these discussions, not only in times of quarantine, but in general to celebrate Apita Heritage Month. So we thank you again. Hope to see you in episode two and stay safe.